0: Welcome back, folks. It's episode four of Circle in the Sewer with Joe and Jake. We're uh, live back again over the Zoom call, hanging out with each other, talking a little sports. You know, the deal. How are we doing? How get Joe? it going. Doing
1: well. How are you, man?
0: Dude, fantastic. Got a little sun in Florida this past weekend. Um, hung out with the grandparents, feeling good, feeling alive. Got some vitamin D in the system. You know how it is. How about there
1: you? you? Look, Chicago? I was in Chicago, seen some college buddies, Uh went to some bars and stuff, so that was pretty cool going to see go. kind of where Let's they go. were in Chicago, so it was fun to see them, and yeah, kind of just went out, got after it, had a couple pops, Loving like the Chicago you said, so. Dream. yeah, so. Yeah, North Side was fun. We Love were just that. right outside Wrigley, so it was cool to see that place. I really want to go in there, but yeah, awesome weekend. It
0: was a sick area, sick area over there. Well, good. Yeah. Well, we're back. We're hanging out, talking a little sports as usual. We're going to... Getting some NFL, NBA, and NHL, like always. Um, Nothing too crazy. Not too much has gone on. Obviously, NBA All-Star Weekend was uh, in effect, so not many games going on, but I'm going to talk about some of that stuff and some of the second-half storylines that are going to be popping up in the NBA. I'm going to talk a little little quarterback situation for some teams early on. I know free agency doesn't start until next month, so it'll be interesting to build up to that, but we're going to talk a little Jimmy G, a little... Little Carson Wentz. Um, we're going to talk about little playoff predictions based off of last year's playoff picture, too. And then Joe's going to get into some NHL topics, right, Joe? Correct. Pumped about that. Hell yeah. Well, we're going to get it rolling here. Um, so, like I said in the NFL little segment there, we're going to get, we're looking at this picture. Me and Joe both looking at the picture. It's just a playoff. Um, playoff picture from this past season we're just going to kind of go through and talk a little about each team and uh our initial thoughts going into this offseason and we understand these are the the way too soon um playoff predictions but we think it's kind of fun um as the offseason unfolds draft happens free agency quarterback changing obviously a lot of this stuff is going to change but um we thought it'd be fun to just kind of look over that i think moving forward we might be um implementing a little segment in the off season for the NFL, we're going to kind of maybe give each divisional breakdown each episode. So we're going to go through the four teams in each division as we uh, kind of cover it and uh, get into it. And as storylines develop, maybe we maybe go back and rehash some ideas, but we're going to give our takes before the season because you know that's what people pay us to do, right? Is just give these. uh so we make the big centers. bucks. Yeah, that's why we make the big bucks. That's why our podcast is going nuts, and people in Belgium are popping off and popping bottles. Yeah, and shout and, out to the Belgium guy again. You know exactly. They're sending us postcards from Belgium. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get into it, and let's start right away with the number one seed in the AFC this past season, Tennessee Titans. What do you got on them, Joe? Are they going to be a one seed? Are they going to repeat?
1: Or where are they going to fall? I uh, don't think they'll be a one seed. I think they'll be back in the playoffs. I mean, Derrick Henry obviously needs to get healthy. I think that team obviously going in free agent, too. I think they're going to make some get some pieces, add some pieces to that. So I think they'll be back in the playoffs. I don't have them as a one seed. I feel like they might need to just focus on defense, maybe. Is that kind of what they need to add to in free agency? I don't really know too much. I feel like their offense is set. Sounds like they're Tannehill's the guy going forward. There was some some rumors, maybe Rodgers going to Nashville, but it's not yeah, like, like that's going to happen. There, right? So I think they're set on offense. Obviously, they got hit Henry, um, A.J. Brown. Maybe, I don't know if they want to stay with Julio. He didn't do too much this past season, but maybe they do add a couple, maybe another wide receiver, but I feel like kind of adding some defensive players would be huge. But, yeah, I don't think they'd be a onesie, but I do see them getting in, especially that division. It's such a weak division they play in. Right. So. Which is – I think in large part why they
0: ended up as the one seed. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the only thing is, Der- is Derrick Henry now nearing the end. You know, the running back careers are short in the NFL, and we all know that. And, you know, an, a foot injury is never never a good sign, um, especially when it has to have surgery for a running back. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. He's Der- Derrick Henry. He's not exactly like most running backs. So it'll be interesting to see. I agree. Um, they, they feel like a playoff team. They just don't feel like a real contender, though, with Tannehill at quarterback, and I think that's kind of how I feel about them in general. Um, moving to the Chiefs, the number two seed in the AFC this year. Uh, I'll start off with them. I think they're back. I think they're the one seed. Uh, I just, I think Mahomes and Andy Reid and just that whole team I learned a lot from this season, not only from the playoffs, but I also think you know they they felt like they were skidding at times during the regular season, which. I know people love to hate on Mahomes as quick as they can, but um, ultimately I felt like he really didn't play the best all throughout the season, but still made those adjustments enough for them to make it to where they are. And I think it's a big step for him. Who's still Mm -hmm. so early in his career. Um, If they could add maybe one more wide receiver, I think they're like, you know, I just think if they could get one, like Allen Robinson in free agency, if they could sign someone like that and get him there next to Tyreek and Kelsey, I just think I think their offense is obviously next level. And uh, what if they
1: picked up like Antonio Brown?
0: That would be crazy.
1: It's literally like the
0: most explosive offense of all time. Because you imagine AB and Tyreek on opposite sides, like I'd be unbelievable. Really, like, uh, yeah, Mahomes would break every record, and I already think he might do that anyways. But yeah, it'll be interesting to fall, see if they make any moves, but. Defense improved, but overall, I think the
1: Chiefs are. Uh... That's what I think they shoot for in free agency. They'll probably, I mean, I feel like that's what they always do: just try to keep adding those defense pieces. But especially with that offense, they'll probably keep shooting to get more people on that side of the ball too. And that's what kind of how they dominate the game, anyways. So just loading up, loading up on the guys. All right. Well, now the three seed
0: with the Bills. Um, I think this will be the potential two seed. I think the I think I think the Bills towards the end of the season um figured out their run game more and they started giving Singletary the ball which I thought was just like a no-brainer the whole season him or Moss has got to get the ball more they've got to develop a run game that isn't isn't centered around Josh Allen just rolling around you know they pay him too much money to take that many hits so I think the Bills maybe figured out something Gabriel Davis kind of went off in the playoffs that's you know a young legit wide receiver for Josh Allen to throw the ball to and then you got Stefan Diggs obviously
1: there what you got on the Bills, Joe? Good. Said so in the last one, taking Buffalo to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Buffalo winning it next year, man. I think they're keeping the receipts of that game, and they're just going to – they're going to Super Bowl and they're winning it. Dude, they got a legit defense, too, there. So – I think people, like, especially with free agency, too, they're going to add more pieces. I feel like some players around the league are, like, seeing Buffalo, and they're like, okay, I want to be a part of that. So – Right. I got I got Buffalo next year.
0: Well, I just see as someone, too. It's like if you're – like, how do you not want to go play where Josh Allen is? You know what I mean? There's certain guys in the league. It's just like, even if you're a defensive player, like, you know, you're always in the game if you got Josh Allen on your team. So obviously a destination. I'm sure people will want to go play for it. Same thing as Mahomes. So, um, you yeah, know, it'll be fun to see what they do this offseason building up off of a heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs, as we all saw. Um,
1: give us your take on the Bengals, the 4 seed, Joe. Uh, with Cincinnati, I got them getting second in the division. I think Baltimore with the healthy Lamar is going to win that division. Yeah, I think baby. they could sneak in at a wild card. So I think they'd be back too, especially with obviously they're in the Super Bowl this past year. And I think they're going to make some moves in free agency. They're going to have some players coming to them um, kind of how, with how their past year has gone. I do see them getting in, uh, like I said, as a wild card, but I don't think they're going to be back in the Super Bowl, but maybe, maybe a one win in the playoffs, but just not as good as what they did last year. I think they're,
0: And I'm with you here. I think they're a legit potential miss to playoffs. I I don't like. I'm not trying to make some crazy take just just for the sake of it. But it it all depends on what the Steelers do in free agency. If the Steelers go out and get a legit quarterback, that is going to be a tough division to come out of. Because, like you said, I think the Ravens started eight and three. Obviously, lost their last six. You know, just brutal. Lamar being hurt hurt them. But they win two more games with the roster that the Ravens have. They're going to have. So many, their whole running back core is coming back off injury. They got J.K. Dobbins back, Gus Edwards, all these guys. Lamar is going to be healthy. I'm going to have a full season of Bateman being healthy. Marquise Brown's coming back. Mark Andrews, like the offense is going to be there. It's a Harbaugh run team. They're going to be solid. You know they're going to contend. And then you have the Steelers who, if they sign anybody, like legit if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Steelers, and we're going to get into a little Jimmy G talk. But if he ends up in in Pittsburgh, I just, that team was 9-7-1. and and the way they were with big Ross with big Roethlisberger, with Ben Roethlisberger running around there with his big ass. And, you know, he's, he's chunking around the field. And those injuries, man, dude, he's, he's always in a walking boot and, you know, that's been well, well covered, but. And then also on the other side of that, you get the Browns eight and nine who injury prone Baker all season, right? Not injury prone, but he was injured the whole season. He racked up a bunch of injuries this year, but a healthy Baker at least wins two more games again for that team. So I'm not saying the Bengals aren't a good team. I just think that AFC North is going to be a scary division to come play out of, especially if the Steelers go out and get a quarterback. I mean, they already finished second in the division the way it was. And injuries happen every year. I'm, I'm kind of off the train of people are always making these excuses of like, oh, well, this happened, and that's why that team won. And, like, oh, these injuries happen in the playoffs. And you hear it all the time in different sports. But injuries happen all the time. So you can't exclude them because every single playoff run by any team – has injuries, right? I mean, that's just a, that's sports to a T, you know. And you see it in football probably more than any other sport, but it's gonna happen. So it's just to discount, you know, what happened when teams get hurt, like the Ravens eight and nine with injuries. Yeah, okay. So the Bengals have to hope for injuries again for these bottom three teams, I think, unless they come out and are just you know because they could be that more, you know that much better if they bolster their offensive line. So we'll see. Um, five, five seed Raiders. What do you got on them? Derek Carr coming back.
1: They, no? I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't Dude, think they're making right? it. Dude, with that division, I think that division is getting so good. I even Dan Rogers, maybe goes to Denver. Probably not, but I think Herbert's going to get that two seed with LA. I think they're yeah. going to be making a run next year. They might be top four next year, I think too. So, I don't see Vegas making the playoffs and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Derek Carr. I don't, I don't trust him. I don't think he's the guy. I think they kind of need to do a little bit of rebuild with that position. Um, so I think they it's can so kind of look for something new. Maybe draft the quarterback so- and keep Carr for a year and then kind of develop yeah. someone. I, it, he's
0: someone who I feel like has maybe some of the most mixed reviews, but like from so many, like you think on one side of it, he's gotten, some brutal luck, brutal management, a cheap owner, like str- like coaching changes all the time. Doesn't really have many offensive weapons consistently besides Waller and Jacobs. Jacob's only been there two years, been young. And you got Waller who's been hurt this past season and he still somehow makes it happen. And I don't know if that's all on car, but he seems to just like find a way to like, make it look decent. And don't get me wrong. I don't think he's like that next level quarterback, but like, Dude, the Raiders, like, Hunter Renfro, that's their number one. Like, and he made a playoff push. And and they won that game against the Chargers, which was crazy. And, yeah, I agree. I think Herbert and the Chargers are going to be much better next year, and they're going to contend and most likely get the second spot in that division behind the Chiefs. And, you know, who knows what happens with the Broncos. But there's so many good rosters between AFC West and the AFC North that, like, I think the two wildcard teams are going to come out of those places because it'll be, and we can move this into the six seed Patriots is I don't know. I don't know if they make the playoffs next year either. Like that's what these, I had all to, these teams I don't are right they make on the it. edge of just like, they had to have some things go right. And I think that happens every year, but like, you got to look at some of the like some of the irrelevant teams, like Texans Jags, probably not in it, but, See what happens in Indy with the quarterback situation, which we'll get to later. But there's just these teams that are right on the edge. And the Patriots and Raiders just don't feel like shoe-ins for me. Like they feel like those they're both 10 and 7 this past year. They're both teams that felt like they needed to, to barely scrape by. And and yeah, ultimately they won the games they needed to. But you know, early in the year, we were, everybody was ready to crown Mac Jones the next Tom Brady. And I don't just don't see that at all.
1: You know, what do you got on the Patriots? Dude, I, Mac Jones is so boring to me to just sit right. in that the like, Patriot system and they just win games. Like I, I he's, he's just so boring. I, what that game gets Buffalo when he threw it twice. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. How can that happen? Obviously that's a Bill Belichick run the ball twice, but just, I don't know. I can't see. I think it's just gonna be kind of a, I think they go 500 next year, with the Patriots. That's what I'm going to predict for them too. And Uh, just with that division, I think the Bills run away with that one. I feel like who was it kind of with the free agency too. New England's going to have to add some pieces to their offense. Uh, Who is the, the cornerback? JC, what's his name? JC Jackson. Is that who it is? Sure. The top cornerback on uh, New England was kind of like debating if he wants to come back or not, or like kind of the front office was saying that he might not be the guy, but he's like one of the top cornerbacks in the league. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I don't have faith in Mac Jones next year. He's just so yeah. boring to me, man. Zach no, Wilson I agree. Too. I think it's just like. Watch out for my jets. <laughs> jets.
0: J-E-T-S. Jets. But I think it's just one of those things is like, you got to have a quarterback that you can rely on to play make, And, you know, just beating a dead horse here with my constant talk about playmaking quarterbacks, but like Mac Jones, it just doesn't seem like it. like the Patriots have to be that good at everything else to overcome, not overcome. Cause I don't want to say that, but like, He isn't a guy that's just going to single-handedly win you games, right?
1: No, like if you put Mac Jones on Jacksonville, I feel like he'd have way much worse of a year than Trevor Lawrence did.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think they'd build the offense differently, I'm sure, if you have a Trevor Lawrence. But I think Mac Jones was picked by the Patriots because he fit that, hey, I can play game manager. I don't have to try to do all this. Because, like, yeah – and not discrediting what he did at Alabama, but like it's pretty easy to just when you have five offensive linemen that are absolute studs to drop back and, oh, hey, I have four professional wide receivers lining out left and right of me at Alabama and I just chuck the ball all over the field to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, he'll definitely need a game where he needs to step up and prove like why he's the starting quarterback in New England. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And, and he's coming into the second year, obviously, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, but again, I just think the AFC is just loaded with a lot of quarterback talent and it's going to be a fun, you know, and Steelers' last seven seed we'll get to here and kind of talked about them. But it's just, again, if they get a quarterback, I think that with Juju potentially signing back, they got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, like three legit young wide receivers is fun. They got a second year this year with Najee Harris. Like they're going to be a legit offense and, and we know a T.J. Watt defensive player of the year can do on the defensive side to literally like take over games by himself. And yeah, again, with free agency moves, if they get a quarterback, they could, which I, I have to imagine they're going to, right. They're not going to roll
1: with Mason Rudolph. Who is it? Rudolph and uh, Twain Haskins is the only two guys they got right yes. now on the depth chart.
0: Exactly. So they're going to draft pick it, or free agent. Right? Going to Pittsburgh. That would be sick. That would be sick. All right. Well, eh, we can save the NFC. Let's save the NFC for next time. And we'll okay. uh, roll into some uh, the quarterback talk in Jimmy G. Um, there were some initial reports that he might be going to Washington. I read a, an article on The Athletic that, that swears he's going to go to Pittsburgh. Um, I think the other teams possibly are Denver, Saints, um, maybe Tampa Bay. Doubtful, but... Uh, you know, and there's always this constant question with Tua in Miami, and I just – how do you feel about Tua in Miami? Do you think he's staying there? I feel like they are because that's part of the reason why they claim to have moved Brian Flores out of there is because he didn't really believe in Tua. He'll be,
1: Yeah, he'll be the guy next year. I just think next year is a really massive season for Tua. Um, If he doesn't get it done next year, they're going to look other ways too, with this new head coach coming in, too. I feel like he's going to – look for other options. I feel like last year we said that about Tua, like this was his year and then this happened. And I don't know, maybe Tua, I, even if Tua gets a fresh start somewhere out of Miami, I see him taking off as well. Yeah.
0: I think Miami sucks next year. I think they're going to be br- like brutal. And I think. I going to blow the Jets. I kind of hope that they're extra bad just to show like how good Flores was and how much he like impacted that team. Cause I could see them easily just being brutal. But anyways, moving back to Jimmy G is. Where do you, where do you, out of the teams on this list, Joe, where do you want to see him land? Where do you think would be the most fun for NFL in general to see Jimmy G?
1: Dude, I think with like how Jimmy G plays and kind of what you said with Mac Jones, I honestly think like the best system with him would be in Pittsburgh. Right. Kind of similar to like that Mac Jones, like the system works well with Jimmy G going to Pittsburgh. I feel like if he goes to Washington, they're just going to be brutal. Like I don't think Jimmy G can bring you that exactly when the game out of come up with these crazy plays, like he just needs the right system. And I think with all the players in Pittsburgh, I feel like that'd be a good fit. That's why I kind of said Tampa too. That's why I kind of threw there on the list, just kind of with the guys they have around that team and kind of the culture they've built over these past few years. But I feel like Tampa is going to try to get more aggressive. I mean, obviously I saw say those reports with Deshaun, and I don't know how that's going probably won't happen, but right. yeah, I think the best spot for him would be Pittsburgh. What are you thinking? Dude,
0: I, I think I have to agree. And, and I think it comes down to, how I'm like the other spot. I think my second after Pittsburgh would be the Saints. I feel like he could do a good job in that. Like that team. I don't know. I just feel like towards the end of like Drew Brees' career, like he felt similar to Garoppolo. Like doesn't like Brees' arm was like less less amazing towards the second half of like the last couple years. And so I feel like Garoppolo could plug and play into that offense because just like I feel like that organization is really well ran. But now with Sean Payton gone, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think Pittsburgh is. I just feel like he, he Pittsburgh is a, a, uh, is at a spot where they're they have a good enough roster where they could go right now. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Garoppolo can get the Steelers to the playoffs, in my opinion. They could do that.
1: They could do the same thing with like what happened with San Francisco. how they drafted Trey Lance? Maybe they could do, for right. brings in Jimmy G. They go after, let's say Kenny Pickett with their first pick, kind of do that same thing that San Fran did when Jimmy G is kind of getting bounced around, but maybe yeah. Kenny or whoever they choose, or if they do go for a quarterback, kind of learn from him for a year while they're still having that opportunity to even make a Super Bowl run. Obviously we saw what San Francisco happened in them last year. So that's the way they could look at it. And, and th-
0: that's the curious part. And, This is what I'm thinking, too, though, is in order to get Jimmy G, what do you have to move if you're a team? Right. Like, what do you move to get Jimmy G? Because you don't want to move a first. Right. Because you don't think Jimmy G is like your quarterback of the future. Right. You're not long terming like this is our franchise quarterback for the next 10 years with Jimmy G. Right. And so you don't want to move a first because. Well, you're going to get your like that's first rounders is where you find your franchise quarterback, right? Like, that's where the good quarterbacks, the, the, the franchise changing quarterbacks are going to be first and second round, probably, right? So, you don't want to move those picks for them. So, you give them a third round pick for them. Is that enough for San Francisco to move Jimmy G? Because at the same time, like San Francisco doesn't feel like they have much negotiating power, right? Everybody knows they have Trey Lance right yeah. there. Everybody knows round they want to hold on. Fan, you're taking that, right? But that also at the same time, like for a starting quarterback. And Jimmy G, who's won as much as he does, doesn't his third rounder just seem like not enough? But like, then you you look at it and you're like, well, well, shit. What would you give more than a third rounder
1: for him? Yeah, I did I don't even know, man. I feel like San Francisco. I feel like they're gonna trade like a, a fifth round for him. I didn't.
0: Like dude, they I, get I, they I they're it, they're,
1: con, they're completely passing him. They got Trey Lance. Like they, what are they gonna what are they gonna ask for? I, don't I know really it's such they, an
0: interesting situation when you have somebody who seems to be worth something in Jimmy G, but you also feel like you just you have no leverage because you're like, well, what are they gonna do? Just hold on to him and just have him now he's gonna, you know what I mean? He has to be gone. So they're gonna take so yeah, I guess it it'll become somewhat of a bidding war, I have to imagine, but it's I feel like it's gonna be a pretty like whoever steps their foot in that pool first is going to offer real low. And then it's just gonna go from there. And which is crazy cuz i think it's a it's such a good it's going to be such a good deal for a team. I think if you get a fourth or fifth round pick giving up for Jimmy Garoppolo at this time like in like you said they, any team that takes him then could just do like exactly a, a what rental, you said like yeah. rental quarterback Jimmy G goes there you draft a guy like Kenny Pickett maybe for Pittsburgh and then you you know he plays behind him learns the offense kind of exactly what Trey Lance does and so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And, and, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo, like, it's just like such a, he's like so close to just being elite and like teams actually wanting him. But at the same time, like he just does just enough for people to doubt him consistently. Like he just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't do that extra thing that makes people like Jimmy Garoppolo's truth because it's crazy. Cause he, he has had so much success in San Francisco. He really has. And I know a large part of that is because of the teams that they've put together and a large part in their defenses that they put together and now the playmakers they have around them. But at the end of the day, like he beat Aaron Rodgers in green Bay, That's
1: they win games. And so exactly. Especially like going into that. That's what I was kind of saying. Like with how their season ended, obviously they lost an NFC championship. Now it's kind of like, what can we trade for Jimmy? Where is he going to kind of go? But imagine if he would have took the Niners to the super bowl ended up winning the super bowl, like you said earlier, I feel like that asking price would be so much higher for Jimmy G than just hundred percent. After that, I think it'd losing. be even like, higher. if, he did win even the even if they would have made beat. the Super Bowl, yeah, exactly.
0: Like if he would have done something in that Rams game to really stand out and like feel like he's the next level quarterback, like dude, I don't know. I just, I, I just, it, but he doesn't, you know. At the end of the day, he doesn't, and so that's why we're sitting here talking about it because I think I like it'd be crazy. But he he's gone to the Super Bowl already and we'll see and and clearly the 49ers wanted to move off him yeah, either they're the whole, that either high they're on trey lance or they're him. that low on jimmy g you know like it's a combination but it does surprise me that i mean did you see trey lance play that one game i saw some highlights and it was against looked,
1: houston i saw a couple he looks fine but i mean it was against houston's so he can't really grade of how right well he played
0: but and I think too is there there is some early expectations that are maybe too high on a lot of rookie quarterbacks just because you know we, we, the patience I feel like in a lot of these organizations are are so much shorter than than other times where like there's no there feels like quarterback development is so rushed now like we're just gonna throw them in the field like like Zach Wilson and and Trevor Lawrence with just terrible rosters around them. And they just throw them in the fire and they're like, all right, figure it out. And then everybody's like, Whoa, these guys suck. It's like, well, yeah, it's the NFL. It's not college football anymore. And they have no weapons really around them. They have no coach who doesn't really know what he's doing. And, And that's that scary thing of we bring in this quarterback and we try to mentor him, but then we just have this, you know, recycling of coaches. And I think Trey Lance is in a fantastic situation. He came in there, got to learn behind you know, Jimmy Garoppolo for a year around a winning culture and Shanahan's going to be great for him. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all. if Trey Lance is a beast next year. I can you know? see that.
1: I can see like that. I don't know, man, with Trey Lance. Cause I can totally see how he learned from Jimmy G this year and it did really well. And he kind of gained all of that knowledge. But then there's part of me that like, I don't even think the 49ers might make the playoffs cause it's kind of Trey Lance figuring out what he wants to be in the NFL. We obviously saw him for a little bit in that one game. I, I don't know. But don't, it's you think, crazy. don't
0: you think? Don't you think if if Jimmy Garoppolo, with what we know about Jimmy Garoppolo, took that team that far, like it's not that crazy to think that like Trey Lance through a learning curve could do similar. Like that team is legit. That roster is loaded, right? I mean, he's got Debo. Yeah. He's got Brandon IU growing into himself. He's got Kittle. Hopefully for a healthy season, and they're always going to have a run game. Whoever the running back is, you know what I mean. It, it, it's going to be a Shanahan like team where i just feel like trey lance like unless he really struggles right unless he really struggles i just see that team being like good enough where yeah i'm not saying they're a super bowl contender this year but i don't know maybe they could be if trey if trey lance is as good as everybody thinks he is and he's already had this time to learn the nfl it's another year with the playbook you know another year at practice taking reps seeing the game you know hopefully it's like slowed down for him some because i think a lot of times like Guys like Justin Fields and all these, they have struggling teams around them, but San Francisco is not a struggling team. You know, they're, they have, he has Trent Williams in front of them. I mean, he has guys, he has dudes on that offensive line, you know? And so I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance has a really good year. And
1: yeah, I could definitely see that. You you got to think that they,
0: they, they, they saw something in them to take him that high, right? When you know you have Jimmy Garoppolo, which a lot of teams have nobody even close to Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're willing to move off of him even after the season. So you know what I mean? Like if yeah. I think what a lot of people forget at the end of the day is these coaches and these GMs and these teams see these guys play every single day in practice, right? They watch Trey Lance. They watch Jimmy Garoppolo. And clearly, even after all this time, they still think Trey Lance is the guy, right? And if they didn't, then Jimmy Garoppolo would probably still be in. I mean, he still is there, but, like, all signs are pointing to him leaving, right? You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's just an interesting thought for me that, like, I think a lot of these takes, you know, around the league and everybody gets fired up. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, like, you know, it was that that whole Mike Zimmer, Kellen Munn thing. It's like, oh, well, did you want to see him in that game? He's like, no, I see him every day in practice. You know, like, I don't, I know what I, I like, they played Sean Mannion, like, they're Kellen Munn, clearly is not doing it for Mike Zimmer if Sean Mannion is the reason why. And now that's Mike Zimmer. So we'll see, you know, but I don't know. I just think it's, yeah. I you got anything last thing gonna, on Trey
1: Lance? With Trey Lance too. I feel like he's going to have next year. Like I said, I don't think San Fran's going to make the playoffs. I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be great. I think it's just going to be another learning year for him. Like obviously you can sit behind a quarterback, you can learn, but you're actually not out there doing right. it. I think next year he's going to go through the motions, kind of understand what the NFL is like. So, yeah, I I think it's going to be a good learning curve for him. That is going to be their guy moving forward. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the future. Just kind of bringing this point up as well, too. Like, it's so funny. We all think, like, Trey Lance is going to be this guy, and we all probably will. But, like, in the Green Bay situation with, like, Jordan Love, I feel like nobody has faith in this guy and kind of that system. Because I feel like they're in the same system, right? Like, Jordan Love's learned behind Aaron Rodgers the last three years. He's got everything with that team. They can easily win now. And so does Trey Lance. But like, what do you like? What the hell is going to happen with Jordan Love? Like we saw him. Don't you think that the hype and
0: like around Trey Lance
1: was like everybody like they took Jordan Love, the Packers did. And everybody was kind of like, what are they doing with that first round pick? But then like with the Niners, they took Trey Lance knowing like this is going to be our guy. Right. And don't you also think like like, like like, yeah, like Green Bay, they took him because they like obviously when everyone saw that, they did like this is going to be Rogers' replacement. It's what we did with Favre, but then they saw him in that one game, and kind of with all the stuff that's going on Rogers now, people are like, "Is he the guy?" Like, I, he didn't look that good. But so much of that, I think,
0: is dependent on who's in. Like, Aaron Rodgers is so dramatic, and also like was so butt hurt by the fact that they drafted him. Right? They drafted him behind him, and and all of a sudden, Jordan Love is this guy, and and instead of being. In not saying that he needed to be gracious because you can see you know what I mean, but like Jimmy G, like had Trey Lance come behind him and was like, Okay, like that's okay, I'm still gonna go out and play. It. Yeah, and like maybe he in in my mind, Jimmy G, and obviously Jimmy G is not as good as Aaron Rodgers, so there's a different conversation there, and I still don't understand what the Packers were thinking there. I just don't, but Trey Lance having the opportunity to, to like actually feel like because i can't imagine jordan love and like aaron Rodgers get along well right there's no way that's like this like camaraderie because like and and again this is from the outside looking in i don't know but like aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like the guy who's gonna take jordan love under his wing right and like yeah coach i feel him like on. they gotta
1: he kind of has that like fake relationship with jordan love like oh you're my backup you're in the quarterback room what's going on how's your day but like in your head he's like this guy it's not even close to me but by the hey degree I, they draft I, him did you see Aaron Rodgers post recently? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, he, he liked the quarterback rope. Well, when, I'm saying when that happens, maybe, happened, maybe, like, maybe Aaron Rodgers is what, a changed what's man. What's to be doing? Maybe Aaron Rodgers is
0: a changed man. He took a. What do you say? He took on a 12 day cleanse, and he came out of it full of gratitude.
1: Maybe yeah, he's just a like
0: completely different
1: person now. Case of Bushlight went to Hawaii and didn't check his phone for 12 days, right. and now he's
0: completely. Changed. He had. I think he had more than a. Yeah, I think he did the opposite of a cleanse. I think he just got hammered. Yeah. off of wine and you and know like what whiskey
1: i like this team it's like
0: actually you know i miss my ex shailene <laughs> what's up like dude he literally had like a love letter to her on instagram yeah. i think and did then they like, break up
1: oh or yeah they back together
0: no yeah, they just done? broke up i'm pretty sure okay. but then he and then he thanked her and then all of a sudden he's like oh, quarterback room baby let's go like see he's he's a nut job Either he is like the most intelligent guy on keeping him, his name in the media, or he is just actually off his rocker half the time, which, you know, whatever. Uh, moving on to another quarterback who played at NDSU, Carson Wentz. Um, everybody had the Colts as, honestly, not everybody, but a lot of people had the Colts towards that second half of that season as one of their like dark horse favorites to make a little postseason run, right? And then they go and lose to Las Vegas and Jacksonville and miss the playoffs, right? And the Jacksonville loss is tough, as we all know, because Jacksonville sucks. And I think that was the game where the entire Jacksonville crowd was wearing clown outfits because they uh, thought their owner and the team was a clown organization, which I really don't think they're wrong. Um, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? Do you do you stick with him? Do they move
1: off him? What, what Dude, do you think? I think – I mean, before that rough game, like what you just said, before the season ended, the team, I thought, like, could make the Super Bowl. The team looks so good. Yep. So, I'm so I'm so confused why all these people kind of want to move on from Wentz so fast. Like, I keep seeing all these reports, like, they're for sure gone with Wentz. We're trying to find something else. I don't know. I think I'd stay with him one more year. Maybe, like, if they don't end up losing those games, obviously they did. But maybe it just ends up going a complete other way and bounces away and they get a couple of wins and they make the playoffs. I don't think why well, they can't do that again. Obviously, they stay healthy and – I don't know. I don't think I don't just don't get why they're trying to move on from Wentz so fast. Like, who are they going to try to get? Like, obviously, we're in that time period kind of with who's going to be their guy. I think once could be the guy they could draft a quarterback, they could do that and kind of have him learn under Wentz. But I am honestly so confused what people are trying to move on from him so fast. This team looks so good at the beginning of the year and then a couple of wins didn't go their way. But I just don't know who would be their guy. No,
0: I think and I agree. And, I, and, and that's funny you said that because I was going to I was going to pose that question to you is. Why do you, like, so many teams love this idea. And, and, you know, a lot of it is the media. You know, how much do the teams actually think these things? Who knows? But a lot of these sources seem to be coming from teams, you know, like these guys that get in there. But my question to you is, is not really a question, but kind of just an idea is that teams love the idea of moving off these guys that are like these fringe to middle guys, right? Carson Wentz isn't an elite quarterback, but he isn't the bottom quarterback, you know? But at the same time, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, we're going to move off this guy. But then you're like, okay. going to Like same thing with the Vikings. Like if we get rid of Kirk Cousins, who's going to be our quarterback? You know, there's not an unlimited amount of quarterbacks around the league that I can step in and win games and, and take you to the next level. There's very few of them that take you to the next level. And there's a good chunk of them that can, with a good roster, can make a team look good. But on the other side of that is Carson Wentz in large part, the same person that every team seems to think he is, you know, there's a reason Philadelphia got rid of him. Right. There's a reason that Indy's already talking about moving off of him because at the end of the day, you, when it comes to GMs and head coaches, you tie your future and your career a lot of the time with your quarterback. Right. And if you truly believe that the quarterback isn't any different than he's been in the past and Carson Wentz is, Carson Wentz is known for his interceptions and is, and is forcing the ball downfield and taking aggressive plays when he doesn't need to You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I heard the argument that he made improvements. He didn't throw that many picks this year. Also didn't throw that many touchdowns. And they had Jonathan Taylor, who's probably the best running back in the league last year. He was the best running back in the league last year. He is arguably the best running back in the NFL right now. So at the same time is, and they had seven pro bowlers. I think they're the, Like, that's ridiculous. The league and pro bowlers and didn't make the playoffs. So, you know what I mean? Like, you can't argue that Carson Wentz doesn't have a team around him, right? That that kind of goes out the window. So, is it Carson Wentz? Or, you know, what is it? Because at the end of the day, with a team with seven pro bowlers, you'd like to think that, and, and especially a team that is so run heavy with Jonathan Taylor, like, how did he not make it work? Like, every team was keen in on Jonathan Taylor. That, that is the plan of attack, right? That's going to be their guy that they go to. They establish the run every game. And Jonathan Taylor ran for upwards of 100 yards almost every game, and he got plenty of touches. So, what, like, why wasn't Carson Wentz able to elevate that team is kind of the question I throw back at you. Like, why wouldn't they think to move off him? Like, if they feel like they could trade Carson Wentz and maybe give up some picks to get a guy back, like, don't you think Jimmy Garoppolo – in Indianapolis
1: or is he similar to Wentz? Yeah I feel like he's similar to Wentz kind of with like Indianapolis they saw like they bought into him because they saw his like MVP year obviously before he got hurt when they won the Super Bowl and they're like he still got that in him he's still got there's something in Carson that we can pull out hopefully that happened and kind of look like towards this last year of Philly is what Indianapolis got with him again this year and you're right I mean I feel like the NFL is a lot kind of win now type mode too but yeah I don't really know who could be the Guy that would come in, I think they should stay with him and draft the quarterback and kind of develop. Or the, I don't know, trade for Russell Wilson. I don't really know what the hell they could do. So, yeah, it's just kind of my There's thing. I just I yeah, don't get what people. Know. No, what are you saying? Sorry, yeah. I like you were saying too. Just when I, I was just so confused with people are trying to move off someone so fast, but it's just like who do you want? Who's going to be your guy? And it's like ten good quarterbacks in the NFL that could win right away. So I I don't know. It's a weird situation in Indy. They have such a great team with everyone around them. So yeah, it's weird. No, I agree. And I think it's I just think it's
0: it's maybe I think it. it, I'm going to say it was the best team that didn't make the playoffs, in my opinion, them and the Chargers. Right. And if you look at the full roster, because I think we look at the Chargers and they're like, they didn't make the playoffs. They're pretty good but they have the best, you know, a really, really good quarterback. Whereas Indianapolis has a really, really good roster, but maybe not the quarterback to take them there. And you're right. If not Carson Wentz, who that didn't make any sense. If not Carson Wentz, who, you know what I mean? But you're right. I don't know who, but I feel like it's one of those things with as good of a roster as they have right now. And who knows how long Jonathan Taylor is again. the the running back thing and, and they got, you know, some of these guys that they've probably don't have on a contract long-term. Like if you have an opportunity to move Carson Wentz somewhere potentially and get something back, like, I feel like you have to be looking at those options. That's just my
1: opinion on it. I would, Yeah. I agree with that. I just like, who are you going to like, if they're going to try to go for someone and want to win now mode, obviously which they probably are thinking, but it's like, they're going to have to move some of those players that they have. Like they're going to have to move a couple of first rounds or they're going to have to move some, players I feel like that have even made the Pro Ball for this star quarterback. Right.
0: No, I agree. I mean, what what if Derek Carr? Derek Carr in Indianapolis? Is that a playoff team to you? I know you're not huge on Derek Carr, but people people love Derek Carr because of his fourth quarter performances. He apparently has like the most comeback wins in his career during that span than anybody else, which is crazy. Yeah.
1: I think with Derek Carr, if he goes to that division, he could make the playoffs they could get a wild, wild card.
0: See, that's what I mean. It's like, I feel like that isn't that crazy of a reach. And guys like that, caliber I feel like they... that's
1: just a team. Like, when you get, if you go for like Derek Carr with that, I feel like they're just settling to make the playoffs. Like, could you, I don't see that team going and winning the Super Bowl. I could see him getting over that hump and like beating Jacksonville and making the playoffs.
0: True. But at the same time, wouldn't you rather have a quarterback who can at least get you to the playoffs than a quarterback who can't get you to the playoffs? Sure. But I, I I get it. I get it. I'm just saying how much were you willing to give up for a guy like that, right? You shouldn't sell the farm just to get to the playoffs. But if they can get Carson Wentz, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's Carson Wentz in a first rounder get you? And that's what I don't I don't know in, in the NFL, like what these first round picks mean to players because like what it, it was Stafford for Stafford, they gave up Goff and two first, was it? You know, like yeah. that's a lot to me, but Is Stafford that much better than Goff? Sure looks like it. Super Bowl later. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see. I think Indy is like, to me, maybe a wide receiver away too from having like a legit, legit offense. Because Pittman, I don't know if he really feels like a one. He's young, so he could. But like, you know, they got T.Y. Hilton there at like wide receiver too, which is he's aging. So I can see with this,
1: like, even with this draft class too, it's kind of a weird year for some NFL teams. Cause I feel like a lot of people aren't too confident in the quarterback class. I feel like if we're having this story with next year's class, it'd be a whole different. Yeah. I feel like there'd be a lot more trading pieces, trying to go get those top end guys this year. I feel like it's just kind of a Passover year. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams, like, I feel like Indianapolis is, they might stick with Wentz just cause I don't think who's going to be the guy. Right. They try to go for Wilson Carr. Roger, I like who's gonna come in there and step with offense. So oh, you're right. You're right. Um well, last little thing that I had in the NFL,
0: besides the NFL combine coming up, and um we'll talk about it a little bit more after the combine actually happens, but I think that, and this is our my, my little Viking segment here, and this is just the one thing I was thinking about. I think the Vikings should trade Dalvin Cook. And hear me out. I think Alexander Madison is as proven in moments has not the same ability. I'm not going to say he is as good as Dalvin cook, but he has the ability to be as effective as Dalvin cook in certain situations. And Dalvin cook seems to be Dalvin cook that he's been, which is really good when he's healthy, when he's not healthy, he doesn't play. And I think it's, it's the same type of thing as. I think this would be the last time we could get like value for Dalvin cook in a trade. Right. Because I think after one more year, he's then on the back end of like the running back time, you know, where it's like, all right, you're 27, 28. Now, how much are you really going to be worth to us? I think we should have tried to trade him before last season. Um, What are you going to go for?
1: Well, I'm not necessarily saying even for a running back, I just think. Like, yeah, I, I would trade like Dalvin for a top end offensive line, even. That's what I'm saying is I think we can bring get... Madison and I'd exactly. rather have an unbelievable O-line and get rid of Dalvin Cook. I'd easily do that. That's what I'm saying is I think he is a piece that could
0: in the market right now, I think, like really gain some some assets for us. And like you said, like trade him for trade him for a pick, trade him for offensive lineman of some sort. Because I think and, and, and we'll see. And, and maybe I'll, I'll bite my words when o, when O'Connell comes in and then uses Dalvin Cook, and all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's, like, you know, the best running back in the league, and, and he's already up there the way it is. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he fits inside this offense. Um, but I just feel like,
1: I don't know. You can trade him to a team O'Connell that kind of needs like, some, like, media hype. Yeah. Or like, put Cook on a team that doesn't, I don't know, like, for example, like the Jags and be like, oh, they could kind of get the fans excited about something. Sure. Right, player of like cook with his caliber and bring him in. That's where I just kind of think running backs are. They just bring fans Houston. He's like, really like Houston. Yeah. They
0: have no running like people back. People in Minnesota bring David like Dalvin
1: cook. That's our guy. But it's like, when you really think about it, you really don't need him that much. Cause running backs, you can go kind of get anywhere. You get Dude, a six is, round see, running yeah. back. And we just, we just like Dalvin cook on the Vikings. Cause Dalvin cook's name and who he is. But when you think about it, we really don't need Dalvin cook.
0: No. And, and that's exactly my point is I think, to a certain extent, most running backs are replaceable. Now, yes, Dalvin Cook is, is better than Alexander Madison. I'm not saying he that Alexander Madison is better than Dalvin Cook, but I just feel like what we could get for Cook and what we could have got for Cook last year could make up for the difference between Cook and Madison, and, and we could replace that. It, like, imagine us with a better line and Madison. Like, we already saw what Madison can do with the line we had last year, in those games that cook was hurt and Madison played and he was already good. Now we get rid of cook on our team and we build a better offensive line. Okay. Madison's even that much better of a runner. Right. And Kirk has more time and you know, our offense, you know, it, we, or we go get a playmaker on the defensive side, you know? And, and again is, I don't know what running backs look in the trade market. Cause I feel like they rarely get traded. You know what I mean? Like, so it, that's just my thought on it. Um, Again, I wish it would have happened last year because I feel like a year earlier, like one year difference in running back's career is like everything. So um, I'm sure it won't happen. But just a little thought, just a little snippet for you back home. Yeah. Um, and again, and if, and if you disagree with us, we would love to hear your opinions. Um, I think that's kind of what, you know, potentially we, we've been hoping for with this podcast, too, is to draw some interaction and I've had friends reach out to me and talk to me too, um, you know, and bounce some, some takes and say, they like this, they don't like this. So uh, we encourage that. So uh, if you want to tweet at us, me and Joe are both on Twitter. Um, we actually have an email too. If you want to bounce some questions at us or topics you want us to talk about, it's uh, uh, circling the sewer at gmail.com and it's, there's no G in circling, but yeah, if uh, we could, Get a maybe Q&A open up going. some questions. Yeah. You know, um, if you want to, you know, give it's us some, love to some hear your opinion, so kind of can, what you guys think too. Yeah. Go on here and argue with you about what you think. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, we want to be interactive. We want to, we want to make this fun to listen to and it's fun for us to talk. And, um, you know, if there's things that we find that we want to talk about that you want to hear, then that that's even better. So Just,
1: just added that in a little bit. Uh, Would love, uh, would love to get a question from the guy in Belgium. Yeah, do it seriously. If he's listening, uh, if you are listening, please send us a question or an email. We'll We'll Google Translate.
0: What do they speak in Belgium? What what language do you know? I almost said Belgish, but I know that's not a word. Google search stuff. that for me. Yeah, look, look that up. I got you. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get going in uh uh in the NBA here. Um uh All-Star Weekend this past weekend, and and some, some quick thoughts on the All-Star Weekend as a whole before I get into some more like second half stuff that we're gonna be talking about, second half of the season we're talking about. what you what you got? I see
1: you I there. got uh <laughs> some people in Belgium they speak Dutch, German, or French. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I didn't know. You know, it could Makes be sense. one of three. Makes sense. Dutch. Do
0: you say Dutch, German, and what? French. French. Interesting. I bet he
1: lives in Brussels. Is that the biggest place in Belgium? That's the one I'm looking at at this picture right here on Google. Love that.
0: Belgian, Belgian, right? Belgian waffles. That's got to be from yeah. Belgium. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Dude, it's just God. we're so smart it's unbelievable <laughs> if you want us to start a international podcast talking about different parts of the words in the countries that they are the, the we'll go worldwide the, the languages they speak in different countries we, we got you guys easily we could google search we know anything right that's basically what this podcast is anyways we just we sit here exactly with blank stares at each other and we just google stuff and then we just read no i'm just kidding um yeah nba all-star weekend um First off, I think the dunk contest, if anybody followed that or anybody saw any tweets or was on Twitter or social media at all during that thing was brutal. Um, I think was, somebody joked that like uh, the shooting percentage during the dunk contest was below 20% or something like that. Um, guys were missing dunks all over the place. Uh, I think they need to change something with the, the dunk contest, in my opinion. Uh, that was so point, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Skills competition was cool. I think that's always just kind of a eh type of thing. It's it's fun to watch. It's nothing crazy. Three point competition was fun. Extra fun this year, obviously, because Cat won, um, which then led to a lot of discussion. You know, because Timberwolves and everybody's saying, you know, "Oh, Cat's the best." You know, the big shooter of all time. And then all Dallas fans come back and be like, "What about Dirk Nowinski?" Like, you know, I, and, and and I'll hear that conversation. I think it's interesting. Um. And I and I maybe need to get more familiar, but I feel like I feel like Cat three point wise is like maybe better than Dirk. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I mean I remember Dirk is like this mid range guy who like had the fade away the step back and like was such a good shooter, not like field goal shooter, but like from three. I mean he's thirty eight percent in his career, which is pretty good. So it's actually really good, but. So, yeah, there's an argument to be made on both sides of that. But Cat um, won the three-point competition. That was fun to watch. Uh, I think he made a lot of Minnesota fans a lot of money because he was actually yeah, – Wasn't the, he the – was the, the – biggest the underdog least, or whatever. Yeah, the biggest underdog, which I think he was at like plus 1,200 odds going to the dunk competition. And I think a there's bunch of – good fans, shooters too. Yeah. No, for sure. But I think that's like the best situation for Cat because if you watch him shoot threes, he doesn't jump. Like he literally just goes up on his toes basically. And like a three point competition where he just like, he doesn't have to reset, you know, like someone like Ray Allen, like I have to imagine that's like fatiguing for them. You know, he jumps really high in the air and shoots it. Whereas cat literally just grabs it and it's just like a free throw for him, you know? And so I have to imagine that's, that made a difference. And um, I think he scored the most points in three point competition um, in the tournament. So, so he
1: killed it, dude.
0: Yeah. He did great, which was fun to watch. Um, all Star Game was pretty fun. Uh, Steph kind of went crazy. Their format's kind of weird. Um, it's like you know, first to a certain point. Uh, LeBron like hit like a fadeaway, but yeah, he had a you know a game winner, but it wasn't a buzzer beater because there's no time or whatever. So it, it's it was interesting. It was fun to see Steph go crazy. Um, he had his own three point shoot shooting competition basically out there, and he was just firing up shots. And as soon as they left his hand, you know he he would turn around and look. Um, down the corridor looking the crowd so that was fun um other than that it was uh a weekend mostly dominated by the 75 nba 75 honors which um it's the 75th anniversary and they came out for those of you don't know they came out with this uh list of the best 75 players in nba history which led to a lot of discussions all over you know who's better than who who's on this list who deserves to be here this and that. And I, I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, I've seen some takes on Twitter and stuff that, you know, people are saying these guys are better than these. And my, one of the ones I saw yesterday was, um, do we really think that Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard are better than Tony Parker and Clay Thompson? And I instantly said yes, because, and this leads me into my other thing of how quickly, and I tweeted about this too. And, and I think, in large part going back to, and I know on other podcasts have talked about this with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady and LeBron James have also like, I think they've ruined how people view players after their prime. Right. So you see guys who go through their prime, they're these, you know, hall of fame type players. And then as most people do is they decline, which is normal for athletes, right? You, you, you get past your peak and you decline. You aren't as good. You aren't as efficient. You know, different things happen in life. You know, a lot of players, you know, have a family. So maybe their focus isn't solely on the sport and preparing all the time. And I'm not saying they're not preparing, but, you know, life happens and different things happen. So things change. Um, LeBron and Tom never declined, really. You know, if anything, we saw Tom Brady's best statistical season this year. We're seeing possibly LeBron's. He might, you know, he's up for a scoring title right now. And so stuff like that is just tough for us to sit here and compare. And that's where the conversation with Russell Westbrook comes in. And everybody's like, they see how Russ is struggling this year and maybe not has been as great the last couple of years. And everybody's like, oh, Russell Westbrook, no way he's better than, than Tony Parker and Clay Thompson. And, you, and, and to me, that's ridiculous because if you go back and look at Russell Westbrook during his prime, it's like it was he was. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's the best player in the league at every time. single night. So yeah, I mean, he's one of the most explosive players that has ever played, and he played hard his entire career. Like he's, that's literally has been his knock is that he goes too hard. You know, he doesn't have a downshift. And when it comes to, you know, end the game, it's like, well, can he make this play happen or is he going to be moving too fast and turn the ball over, you know? And so, uh, anybody out there listening that thinks Ross Westbrook isn't on that list or shouldn't be on that list is crazy because he is top seven point guard of all time, for sure. Probably a top five point guard. Um, It'd really be a hard time for coming up with f- five point guards that are better than Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and to me, it's just it's that it's that recency bias is that people see what Russ has been this year and they see what the media says about Russ. But if you actually go watch him play, like he still is good, he still gives you moments, and yeah, he's not as consistent anymore, but like he's still one of the best point guards of all time throughout his career. Now, he, right now he's probably not, but I think it's, I think it's such an interesting topic because, you know, like he's better than Tony Parker. Tony Parker was a part of one of the best teams and dynasties and runs and coaching staffs and played with Tim Duncan, who is one of the best big men of all time, you know, and, and Russ has mostly been on his own in his career. Yeah. He had that run with Kevin Durant and they were really good and who knows what it could have been if they would have stuck together, but and then Damian Lillard is a six-time all NBA player. So, like, I don't really need to go into that because I think Dame has spoke for himself, and we've gone over that with his loyalty in Portland. And I think that's the only reason he hasn't won more. But Dame is Dame is legit, and I don't think there's really any doubt in that. And Clay is good, Clay's a great shooter, but go look at Clay's stats. Like he's been on a great team and he's been vital pieces to that. But to just straight up say that Clay, who is Clay's better than Russell Westbrook during his prime? No. Is Clay better than Damian Lillard during pretty much his whole run? I don't think so. I would much rather have both of those guys on my team in their primes and take their career over Clay so far. Now that's not to say that Clay's not going to finish as a top 75 player, but like to me, like right now it's like Clay's just, he's been Steph's sidekick, you know, Russ has been Russ and Dame's been the guy in Portland since he's come in the league. So and yeah, you know, Steph Curry's not a terrible guy to be a sidekick
1: to, but um. I feel like with Russell, like it just comes at a bad timing with him, obviously, with like all the debate if he should be on the top 75, just because like how poor of a season he's having. But if you've had the if you'd have had this conversation in his prime, so many more people would be jumping on, oh, for sure he's gotta be in. Right. Obviously. But I just feel like with him having a bad year, people are like, oh, not a chance. Which sucks, well, but I I definitely seem like he should be in it. I mean, he's electric, dude. When he's in his prime, He's triple double every single night. Like on two K, he was like a a ninety. He was up there and like one of the best players in the video game. And now he's like oh. seventy five overall.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too is that something I and I encourage you maybe you knew that's NBA how I know what players are good. I it. just look at
1: their overall two K. 2K. <laughs> 2K <waiting. laughs>
0: Dude, that's funny see i'm I, I haven't played an nba game in too long i think of nba live that's when i played like 0, 05 i think it was with mellow on the cover that was that was my game but again and then mellow somebody too who people see mellow did he make like, it or how no? can he be in the, oh yeah dude yes. Mello, he absolutely should when he was in denver oh yeah. dude he was unbelievable and even when he was with the knicks he was unbelievable like dropping 53 points a night at Madison Square Garden. Like he was iconic. Melo was iconic, dude. But then you got to think like how long he's been in the league, right? And then you compare him to LeBron. And not anybody does that. That's why LeBron like is LeBron. It's just like end of conversation. There is no NBA player that does it as well as LeBron has done it for as long as LeBron's done it. You can hear the argument. I'll hear the argument about him and Jordan as the GOATs, but Le- Michael didn't do it as well as LeBron has done it for this long. And that's not up for discussion because you saw it at the end of Michael's career and Jordan. Yeah. You could say what you want about leaving for baseball and retiring and this and that, but like LeBron's played for straight through and been arguably the best player in the league every single year. And to compare these other guys who during their span were one of the best players in the league, but to think that every player is going to be that consistent throughout time is just, it's, It's not likely. It's not going to happen. And so you think about guys like Melo and D. Wade who were so dominant during their prime in the early parts of their career, and they are one of the best 75 players ever to play the game. But they played alongside LeBron the whole time, so they got overshadowed. And that's like we were having that conversation too with guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like That's just the way the sport is. There's probably going to be somebody better than you at times. But that doesn't discount how good you are. And so I think fans forget quickly after one to two years of, players regressing and players getting older and Melo not being Melo the way he was before and Russ not being Russ the way he was before. And, you know, D Wade playing in Cleveland with LeBron and not being the D Wade that we remember in Miami scoring 30 points a night, like guys change, like it's okay. And, but like you, you gotta go back and look at their prime, go watch YouTube highlights of their prime and then come back and talk to us about how good these players actually are, because it's, it's absurd to just discount, what these guys did for six to seven years, eight years, nine years, and just dominated the league. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've changed their role and they're, they're much older and they're playing against basically younger versions of themselves and John Morant's coming to the league. And yeah, Melo is not going to be the Melo he was before. So that's my little rant for the time. Cause I got fired up talking about it because it's good, man. These are guys that we grew, up, I grew up watching and you know, so many like, and there's always going to be new fans and I get that. And you always, probably are going to think that that player of your generation is going to be better than an older player. Like that's just the way the sport works. You know, that's why, you know, people of our generation are probably more biased during LeBron than Jordan, but like to just discount how good these players were during their prime and during their careers is just absurd to me. Um, But overall it was, it was a sick weekend with all these guys going out there and, and you saw players interacting and all these cool pictures like these group of fives being you know like magic johnson larry bird all these guys taking together or a bunch of guys you know like celtics like all the celtics great together and it was fun to see kg and all, all these guys out there so it was sick um i really enjoyed it it was like fun to to just see that list and have those conversations and um i you hope they that, do um, it what's up
1: you see that clip of ray allen walking past kg and Paul Pierce?
0: Dude. Yeah. So that's funny. You bring that up. Cause then I later saw a picture that apparently Paul Pierce posted of those three, taking a picture together. So I don't know if they squashed the beef during that time or if KG was just trying to be, KG funny, so but, pissed. but KG looked real pissed, pissed at Ray Allen. And um, the background there is Ray Allen left the Celtics to go play in Miami with LeBron kind of during that span of when the Celtics in Miami were uh, and, well, really the Celtics and LeBron, I guess were, well, that was Miami. I don't know if the, his Cleveland teams ever ran into that Celtics team, but um, anyways, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. And KG obviously is uh seems like one who doesn't really get over grudges very quickly. If you ever hear him talk, he is a, uh, and I think he's been voted by a lot of people, like maybe one of the best trash talkers of all time in the NBA, which is, which is so sick. Um, Cause he was, he was electric for the 10 rules, but uh, moving, moving forward, not spending too much time um, just going through some potential storylines and stuff going in the second half. And then I'll uh, give the floor back to Joe here for his NHL segment. But um, Chris Paul is out six to eight weeks. He has a fracture in his thumb. Um, this is interesting because Again, we find ourselves with the Chris Paul team who we think is really, really good, and Chris Paul gets hurt. And obviously him getting hurt now is way, way less important than he did with the Rockets, you know, in the Western Conference Finals, and everybody thinking that that Rockets team would have potentially won um, the finals that year. But just again, we find ourselves with Chris Paul elevating the team. and I'm I'm a big fan of Chris Paul. I think what he does for guys under him, you know, as him as a teammate, and you see, all these guys get elevated, and him and him bringing out the best in a lot of players, and him, you know, letting Devin Booker blossom into the star. And, and Devin Booker was good before, obviously. Don't get me wrong, but this this uh, Phoenix Suns like run has has been really exciting to watch, and it's a bummer again to see Chris Paul. They've uh, created a pretty substantial lead in the uh, in the West already. Um, you know, they're six and a half up on the Warriors right now, going into the second half of the season, but. I think with Chris Paul, I mean, I think they're going to miss him now. I don't think they're going to lose all their games, but I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they have been. And so I think this is going to be an important time to start the second half off for the Warriors to really make that push. Um, but then this brings up the conversation of, you know, at the end of the day, the Lakers are going to be a fringe play in team. Right. But you say what you want about the Lakers. Nobody wants to see LeBron in the playoffs. There's, you don't want to see LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. That's just, that's not even an argument, right? So potentially the Lakers coming in as, as an eight seed. It brings up my, my idea of, do oh, you really man. want to be the one seed?
1: You know that what I mean? Would
0: be a series. Wouldn't that be crazy they took,
1: if they took them down?
0: Holy smokes. That, but I'm saying is like, you literally think about it. AD will hopefully be back healthy. I'm I'm hoping for the Lakers to figure out the Russ situation and and he, you know, maybe he, he takes his time and he has been playing a little bit better before the break, but you know what I mean? Like, what if, what if the Lakers are still the, the Lakers with LeBron and they're further enough backward, like it would take a absolutely massive second half for them to move up, you know, out of that plan. Cause I just think that's where they're going to fall in. But like, if you're the sun sitting there at the one seed, you're like, yeah, <laughs> Chris Paul out six, to eight weeks. Maybe we fall into the two seed. Eh,
1: maybe not. The but that's like, thing. Even, what if the Lakers go to the seven seed though? They might not be locked at eight though, right? No, I know. I know there's no guarantee. I'm just throwing these hypotheticals out there. Yeah. You know, because the,
0: the play in tournament works is the seven eight nine ten 10 seed all get in the play in tournament. The seven and eight seed play each other. The winner of that game is the seven seed. The loser of that game then plays the winner of the nine and 10 seed for the eight seed, Right. So let's say the Lakers finish as the nine seed where they are right now. They would play the Blazers. They beat the Blazers. Then they would play the the loser of the Timberwolves and Clippers. We all know that's going to be the Clippers because the Timberwolves to the Goats. So then the Lakers come in at the eight seed if they beat the Clippers, right? So I don't know. These are all hypotheticals, obviously, and there's going to be a lot of movement, but to me, I think those top six teams are going to finish pretty similarly. There'll be some mix up, but I think, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, Timberwolves, probably pretty close in that order. Now the Timberwolves have a hard first four games in the second half, but overall I think they have a relatively easy strength of schedule moving forward. Um Clippers are a completely different team with Paul George and Kawhi back. So it'll be interesting to see there. But is Kawhi coming back this year? I've heard maybe, but I've also heard no. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's I been, like him. I hope he's back. Yeah, I mean the Clippers, him coming back. Obviously, the Clippers are a whole different beast then. So it's a completely different conversation if he's back. So it'll be an interesting thing to to, to follow along here um, with with the one seed at play. I think the Warriors have to come out strong if they if they really like they really need to take advantage of this time if if that's what they want. And, I, and at the end of the day, like why would you not want to be the one seed? Um, you know, like that's what you want because eventually you might have to play the two seed and you want home court advantage. So, you know, I think, I think the Warriors come out. I think Klay Thompson maybe gets a little rest. Um, he seems like he's got something to prove. He's been getting better and better as he plays each game. He just, you know, everybody says, and, and I've seen some games and he just looks like he hasn't played in a while. And that's completely understandable. And I think by the end of it, Draymond comes back healthy Um, If they can get Wiseman healthy, too, like that is a scary team. And it's going to be a a Phoenix Warriors, hopefully Western Conference finals, because that would be fun to watch. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm always a believer in the Warriors need Draymond more than they'll ever tell anybody. But he's a massively important part to that team. Um, I think now moving to the east a little bit um, with just some. Topics. So the, the, the first thing I, I want to cover is the, the Simmons in Brooklyn. Obviously everybody's excited to see that. Um, I think they're supposed to ramp him up this next week, which means his conditioning hopefully he'll get back to the level where they're going to let him play in a game. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to see. Obviously I know we talked about before is that he's trying to shoot potentially to come back so that he can play the Sixers, um, in Philadelphia. Um, but uh, on on the Brooklyn topic, I did just see that in the next couple of weeks, New York might be lifting their mask mandate and the vaccine mandate as well, um, which obviously with Kyrie there, it's such an interesting point because. Now he's um, back then, right? he play at home games? If this actually goes through in the next couple of weeks, we might be seeing Kyrie playing all the games, which which completely changes how I feel about the Nets. And I feel like it changes how everybody feels about the Nets. You know, granted, if they play Toronto, then we have ourselves in another situation of, well, he's not vaccinated, so he can't play in Toronto. Um, But I think this could potentially be the the biggest thing that could happen to the Nets and potentially the Eastern Conference is, um, you know, the Bulls and DeRozan and the heat up there with Bam and and Jimmy and Hero and all these teams, you know, that are in front – of the Nets and the Sixers right now and the Bucks even too like the idea of Kyrie coming back and playing every game is scaring every team I guarantee it because that team in Brooklyn is so is a completely different level of beast if you have Simmons KD and Kyrie playing every game and that's just that that is a scary offense and you know say what you want about the, you know the rest of their like that roster is in my opinion those three are enough to carry a team and so it'll be interesting to see if, if this actually happens in New York, because I think this literally can completely shift what it looks like in the Eastern conference playoffs. And, you know, it, it would be fun to see the bulls down the stretch and they're obviously winning the heat too, but, you know, and DeRozan's turning himself into that guy and he has been that guy this year where it's like, we can actually lean on this guy to win us games, which is, I think what the heat are missing in my opinion is like a guy that truly can just take over a game because the Sixers are going to have Harden and Embiid. The Bucks have Giannis and Middleton. And the Nets are going to have KD, Kyrie. And, you know, those are the guys you're going to go to. And now with having Levine and, you know, DeMar being so clutch and dropping almost 40 a night, like the Bulls are going to be a, a, a obviously real threat. So, again, going on my, my, my rants here about the Eastern Conference, I think this playoffs is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, my, my sleeper team to watch here is going to be the Celtics. Um, they've been playing really well recently. And I just think with Tatum and Jalen Brown playing together more and more, I really think this team is going to make some noise, obviously with a, with a loaded East, it's going to be tough, but I think the Celtics hopefully can make some noise. Cause I really like Tatum and, um, yeah. And that's pretty much all I got for NBA. Um, it'll be fun second half to follow with uh Simmons and who would Harden, you have in the finals enough. again? Bucks Suns are my picks. Um,
1: I had Bucks Warriors, I
0: still feel good about it. Um, Chris
1: probably gonna break his other hand or whatever it is. So that's the Warriors gonna
0: make it. <laughs> no, i, I little think, NBA uh, input, yeah. It's a re I didn't even, you know, I, it's funny I said that initially and I didn't even realize it. I, I mean, I realized it after I said it, but that, that would be a repeat of last year's finals, so that'd be fun to watch. Um, but with all this, sh- this, uh, change in the East, I'm, uh, I'm not so sure about the Bucks anymore, but I'm going to stick with it for now. Um, unless I like something... the Bulls,
1: I'm glad the Bulls are doing well,
0: dude, I, We're you know, big Chicago good to fans. see them. Yeah. It's yeah. good to
1: see them do well. Dude, I mean, I East. feel like it's a cabs like, a... like what the heck? Yeah. But
0: do we, you know, I guess the crazy Love. thing is the Cavs are two and a half back from first place in the East, which is crazy to me, but I just,
1: you Kevin know, I... Love. Give the man some respect. <laughs> I know I didn't even
0: talk about him, but I just still can't like, I I I can't buy in yet. I and call me what you want, but like not, that team has no playoff experience besides Kevin Love, and I don't even think
1: fans in Cleveland know they're in second right now. No, they probably have no idea, and so I we'll think see. LeBron's there. <laughs> <laughs> he sure wants it. Well, he
0: could go back there. God, if he would year, imagine you imagine know. he
1: gets traded back,
0: dude, it'd be, that'd be crazy um but yeah looking forward to the second half of the season and now i'm gonna kick it off to uh joe with his nhl as i'm sure you guys have heard enough of me talking for now
1: yeah well joe's about to go off, the nba there
0: go off on him joe yeah so uh, Sunny, uh, baby. <laughs>
1: it's getting a little bit of nhl talk here since we spoke last kind of got some nhl standing overview of what we can go through here i got some deadline deadline topics i want to get into uh cindy crosby scored his 500th career goal which is crazy but first off yeah let me just dive into the standings here just gonna do a little bit of overview so we'll start in the atlantic we got the panthers at one lightning two leafs three jumping to the metro we got canes one pittsburgh two new york three and then the wild card spots we got my caps and the bruins and then going down to the western conference we got colorado at one blues two wild three which is the central Then Pacific, we got the Flames at one, Vegas two, Edmonton three, and the wild card is Nashville and LA. But let me get into it right away. The hottest team in the NHL right now would be the Calgary Flames. They have won 10 straight games, and they are sitting first in the Pacific right now. Unbelievable how that team is playing right now. They picked up Tyler Toffoli a couple weeks ago, and he's just been a difference maker for this team. They look good. Um, I know we've been talking about it too. I think kind of with my predictions I had, I still got Vegas going at that one spot in the Pacific. Edmonton 2 They're pulling they're pulling through for me. And then Calgary, I think it's going to finish three, but 10 games in a row for Calgary. They're playing hot, looking good. This team can make a run here. So we'll see how that happens out at that. Um, and then another, another thing happened too. It was the Panthers and Hurricanes played the other night. Uh, Panthers ended up coming back and beat the Canes in overtime. It was one of those TNT games. Shout out to Biz. But, yeah, just watching the game, man, I really like Carolina. Uh, they're just a really well-rounded team. They don't have that much of a star power. They just play well together, and they kind of uh, – they're fast and big and just kind of watching them. They could be a team that makes a run. They've been 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10 games. They're currently on a three-game win streak um, as well. So, yeah, they're sitting third in the league with 70, 74 points, which is crazy. I just love how they play as a team. I think they're going to make a, a good playoff run, especially with – Carolina playing in Raleigh, too. They've brought a lot more attention to Carolina and kind of, you know, what they do on the ice and how everything goes there in Carolina. And they're just kind of getting a bigger fan base. And I think it could be a pretty crazy atmosphere in the playoffs. So hopefully we'll see what turns out with Carolina into that. It's going to be a great, I'd love to see that as a matchup, as Florida and Carolina, or either that Florida Tampa Bay matchup. But that's going to be crazy, crazy to see what happens within those divisions as well. Uh let's see here. And then I gotta I gotta jump into my caps, man. So they've been uh five and five Ooh. in the last ten. <laughs>
0: five
1: and five in the last ten. Currently on a two-game win streak. Uh I do have them making the finals still. <laughs> that's what I got there. I think they still make the it five uh, the 500 caps. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, they're still in the playoffs, though. So they're in that one number one seat for the wild card right now. Hopefully they'll go on a little bit of a run here, but yeah, that's what I got them five and five in the last 10. Um, and then j- jumping back in over to the West Coast, um, Western Division, Nice to say, we got Jay Woodcroft wins his first five games in Edmonton. They're currently 6-3-1 and in their last 10. Edmonton's kind of been on a little bit of a roll there, but they did end up just losing to our Minnesota Wild, which was crazy see. The Wild came out and s- smoked them. What a game that was. Um, and then jumping into the Central, I have the Abs who are still on top of the league with 76 points. We all know what's going on in Colorado. Complete wagon status over there. Um, did you get a chance to see that hit mckinnon had on nolan patrick i did what'd you kind of think about that
0: uh, i felt like it was fine to be honest um i I'm, i thought I, it was I, fine
1: I, Yeah, go into it. i just i just
0: I'm, I'm not gonna get too crazy on it because i honestly don't like I'm, like again i've never played it's so, like to me hits like that are fun to watch um I know the whole I'm, – I'm pretty sure with Nolan Patrick, he has like a, a rough history with concussions and stuff like that. So I know that's unfortunate to hear. Um, I think he got concussed again from it. But I think that was more like he hit his head on the ice. So I don't know if it was – right? Or was it – a written, Yeah. The, yeah. He's
1: he's had some concussion problems too. So it was what's – didn't really catch a bounce there. And, yeah, it was tough to see I, at his end. I thought
0: that was fine. What I thought, speaking on McKinnon, I thought what McKinnon did to hit the ref – did you see that highlight? Yeah, a little, a little tap. He for sure was not aiming for whoever the guy in the Bruins was in front of him. He was swinging at that ref for sure. And I will oh, not against it. it. He absolutely, for those of you who didn't see it, it was right off the face off. McKinnon looks like he was frustrated with the ref. And who was it for the Bruins who kind of skating in front of him? And he like fake, like he swung at him, but he just absolutely crossed, like Smoked swung the and just slashed the, the ref right in the knee, which is, I thought it was kind of funny, but whatever. Um, but yeah, you 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 think the the hit was fine by
1: McKinnon? So yeah, I I think the hit was fine, but I feel like if that was any other player, obviously they would have just retaliated and shit would have broke loose. Because right. you could tell when you're watching the video, like when he hit him, like Vegas looked at him and they're like, "Oh, it's McKinnon." So they're like, they're still kind of like giving him shit. But it's yeah. like if that was obviously someone bigger, it would have probably that guy would have got suspended. Probably would have been a lot more altercation and fights would have gone on. For sure, it's kind of interesting to see at the NHL because like they all looked around they're like, Oh, it's McKinnon. Let's Hey, fuck you. But can't take it McKinnon. So they just kind of went easy on okay. it.
0: So, so let me ask you this question quick before you move on. Do you think in your, you've watched the NHL a lot longer than me, obviously. Do you think that's something that's sh- like been changing in the NHL where guys like that don't like, I'm saying like, if oh, you yeah. look in the past, would someone like McKinnon would still have gotten crushed if it would have been five to 10 years ago? Has it been moving to like these stars are a little more protected now or per se?
1: Yeah. You could say that. We even saw that. I saw that in the game last night with Minnesota, like Kaprizov took a little bit of a cheap shot behind the net and people are like Greenway and Hartman were already jumping on the guy and kind of been like getting in his head. Yeah. So I can definitely see how the stars are kind of getting a little more protective for sure. 10 years ago, that guy would have everybody been going after him too. kind of jumping into that. Like, even with how the suspensions work. Cause like McKinnon hasn't had a big history of getting suspended in the league. And if that was anyone prime example, if that was Brad Marchand, he would have got suspended again. So right. it's just kind of, it's interesting to see how the NHL works because everyone was just looking around like, Oh, it's McKinnon star of the NHL. We're not going to fight him. Take it easy, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's he doesn't weird have how each player has their own perspective. Cause if that's Marchand or Ryan Reeves or any other big guy in the league, that person's getting suspended because it looked bad, especially with Nolan Patrick with his concussions and everything, but the NHL just looks at it like we can't take McKinnon out. He was obviously just hurt weeks prior to that. So it's kind of it is kind of interesting to see how the NHL okay. So then my,
0: my next question, if we're protecting the stars, do we think we should suspend the goalpost that took such a cheap shot on Austin Matthews? I mean, I was so uncalled for. You see the, the goalpost? Dude, the goal post just it completely blindsided them, in yeah. there. It was, it's it's just, me, should be
1: done for a little bit
0: that that legit was i have watched that clip of him answering that question from the reporter so many times and i think it's yeah. so funny
1: matthew's a great guy dude he kills it in his interviews yeah just no yeah i just thought it would be a
0: good idea to just you know stick my face right through the goal post. <laughs> <laughs> great question
1: <laughs> great question oh, oh man shit. sorry anyways yeah no good but uh kind of keeping in that division too dude the saint louis blues kind of sneaky, man. Sixty-five points or sixty-six, I should say. if They're one game, one point ahead of Minnesota. Dude, they I obviously killed us it. in the Winter Classic too. Brutal. This Western Conference, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bloodbath down down the road. So I like St. Louis. I haven't had a chance to watch them that much, but just kind of going into their players and kind of their history. Obviously, they won the Stanley Cup. I could, I kind of see them making a run down the road, but. Hopefully it all works out for the guys. The guy the guy was going off for him. Ky, is it Kairo? Jordan Cairo. He's also shout out to Tinker Stafferson. Picked him up at the like one of the first few weeks. He's been nasty this year, though. I know that's a. Uh... but yeah, it's crazy to see the blues, man. I ever, I feel like with our division, it's just mostly been us in Colorado that have been talked about. Nashville's been up there, Dallas is kind of still fighting to get that wild card, but St. Louis, they could easily get that second spot in over past the wild so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens hey, down we the road. do got two we got two games in hand on them though so yeah so we, we gotta get that yeah on. we gotta get those games back big one against the maple Leafs on thursday it's gonna be an awesome awesome game so excited for that awesome uh, game
0: an awesome awesome game is that what i'm saying yeah you got a little fucking boston accent there all of a sudden i liked it sounds like it was that right. new york i don't even know the difference to be honest awesome uh,
1: maybe it was a little boston well yeah yeah yeah, we're, we're jumping on the wild, but <clears throat> anyways, I want to get into, we got the trade deadline coming up and I got some, uh, some lines that I kind of want to go over with you here. So I think the wild need to shoot for a center. And if they want to kind of get another player, maybe another left wing or right wing as well. So the lines we currently have right now, this is how I thought we could do it. So currently I want the wild to either go for Claude Giroux or Joe Pavelski at the trade deadline uh, came up with these lines. I got Kaprizov. This is going to be the first line, Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, and then the second line, I got Fiala. We either trade for Giroux or Pravelsky. We put them at that second line center with Boldy. I think that'd be a great fit. And then if we don't go for them, or obviously one other team takes them, I think we'd go for JT Miller. We could have Greenway play with um, Greenway, Erickson, JT. That would be a hell of a line. Or we could just have Miller bounce between some lines if we had him at the winger. I also saw that Jake Dabrowski's obviously wanting to get out of Boston. He's been very vocal about trying to get out of Boston this year. He's... He's averaging like, or he's got like 22 points this year. He's more of just like a potential fit. I think he kind of has the same uh, perspective, like what we traded for for Fiala. Like he's obviously got 20 points. That's kind of what Fiala was, but we right. could kind of maybe trade for DeBroska. And then he could, his talents could kind of skyrocket just with new, fresh team kind of getting out of the bus. And it's the tough with the media too. And he's let that known that he wants to get out of there. So yeah, I think we should go for Pavelski, Drew or JT Miller it would be unbelievable if we did want to go for a winger, but I think, you put Pavelski with Fiala and Boley, that could be a great line, and just don't want to mess up that first one too with Kaprizov, Hartman, and Zuccarello. So, and then we got Connor Duar playing at that fourth line. We'll obviously have to move him out, so keep that fourth line at Goudreau, Sturm, and Buxton. It's kind of what I was thinking, um, for that line, and then just going into the D pairs. I think we should keep everything the same, but if we did go for someone, I do like Nick Letty, kind of a hometown guy from Eden Prairie. And I feel like the risk kind of, we wouldn't have to give up so much for Nick Letty. And then like the other rumors, people are going around for Chirkin. Obviously he's in Arizona, but the asking price is so big for Chirkin. Like we're yeah. going to have to give up someone. We're going to have to give up picks. That's why I think we should go for Nick Letty. Cause we don't have to give up as much, but kind of just going into Chirkin, I think he's going to get traded. I think I thought it'd be St. Louis boston or toronto muzzin just went down literally last night so i think you could see that in toronto that would be unreal boston would be cool and then st louis um other teams that i thought could use some help on their defense to kind of bolster that run for the playoffs um so yeah it's just kind of what i was going into with my trade deadline and some previews what i thought maybe the wild could do. i got a question for you do
0: you think Going for, so, so obviously with the, with your, with your options of, of forwards here with Pavelski and, and, and Giroux are probably the, the biggest asking prices <clears throat> out of those guys. Right. And maybe JT Miller's up there too, but I feel like the brusque is like, and obviously I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about the brusque, but I think in these types of situations and a lot of times I feel like you see and, and we, and, you know, we're, we're seeing this in other sports of guys that want out of places. I feel like getting them, to a new team, like you can get like even a better player than what you were originally asking for. Right. You got the brusque exactly. saying in Boston that he doesn't want to be there. So you get him out of there, put him in a contending team and he's got this new life and like more excitement exactly. around the game, you know? And I feel like out of those four guys, like he's probably got to be the lowest out of those four, right? Value wise. Exactly. Is that fair to say? Yeah.
1: Like I said, he's got like 22 points. I feel like Boston kind of wants to get rid of him too. And they can kind of kind of exactly similar to what he did with like grand Fiala trade. Like I said before, yeah, I think we bring DeBrusque in, which I don't know if it will happen. I just put through that on there just for the hell of it. But, yeah, we bring in DeBrusque, whole new change of life for the guy. He's, he's young. He's fast, unbelievable winger. So, yeah, I think it would be a good fit, and hopefully maybe that pulls pull that off.
0: Well, and I think, too, so my other question for you is, do you think we're better off going for a guy as a rental right now? Like, are we close enough as a team to make a real Stanley Cup push? and get one of these guys for a rental? Or do we truly need someone like the DeBrusque, like you said, who's younger, who we can potentially build off of and build for these next couple of years? Because realistically, yes, we're good, but we're not even the best team in our own conference right now, right? So you got to think, and I know the playoffs, anything can happen. And obviously you just want to give yourself a chance to be in those situations to give yourself a chance. But do you feel like we're close enough to truthfully and and, truth, and, and truly go after a guy that is going to be a rental, but can elevate us to that next level, like Giroux or Pavelski, or do you think we need to go more long-term?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, If we do go for Giroux or um, Pavelski, it's going to be tough because I feel like they, if we do go for them, we're obviously in the win now mode and we're going to have to give up a lot too, which would probably be a first round pick for either one, maybe a prospect as well. And it's just kind of getting the fact, because I know Giroux came out and stated that he wants to go to St. Louis, Colorado or us. And he's going to be a free agent, same with Kowalski at the end of the season, just knowing maybe, hey, we go on a run, they play well, they like the environment in Minnesota, we could re-sign him. Maybe this offseason, but more than likely they're going to want to go take another big deal with some other team for a couple of years, get more money. Obviously, the Wild probably won't be able to do that. The team we shape up, that's why I do like the DeBrusque, maybe bring him in there. He's young, don't have that big of an asking price, kind of develop his game in Minnesota and keep him for a round. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like I kind of I would rather have the Pavelski, Drew, go for it now. Let's win the Stanley Cup rather than kind of developing Debrusk is what I'm saying, and kind of hopefully he turns into something because that's more of a 50-50. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Like with Drew and Pavelski, you know these guys can help. They've been at the Olympics. They've been on great teams. They've been on teams that have been in the playoffs. When you're training for guys like that, you know what you're going to get at the deadline, but obviously the asking price is going to be higher. But I wanted to put Debrusk in there because Hey, I think he could be a great player for some other team. He just needs to do change of scenery. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the wild do at the deadline. I just, the, and from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong here,
0: we have a pretty good like group of prospects with the wild, right? Correct. Like yeah, we, we have the some best, young like, guys and we systems. also have some guys um, down in Iowa that are, that are pretty solid. So when, when, when talking about going for Pavelski and Giroux, how much of that are you willing to give Marco up? Rossi. obviously, yeah.
1: I think, dude, I think because I feel like Boldy is just overshadowed, like took over, like the rookie, because those two came up the same exact game. And Boldy obviously is taken off this year as a rookie year. I feel like if they ask, like if they said a draft pick, a draft pick and Rosie for Jeru, I think I'd do that just to win now. What, dra-
0: what draft pick? Are we talking a first?
1: Are we talking a first rounder or second round? I don't think they, I don't know. I don't think I would do the first round of Rosie if they did just to, second rounder and him, he was probably, our first rounder right yeah but i feel like that's because with what we've seen in Boldy this year like if we if we want to go for one of these guys we're going to have to trade one of these prospects and i feel like right. since we've seen what boldy has been able to do this year we keep we're going to like know this is going to be our guy and obviously we have Kaprizov going forward too so i feel like it is kind of we kind of got to take a chance if we got to give this guy up if we want Jabrew or Pravelsky, right well, and,
0: and that's a fair point. I was just curious if, if someone like Rossi is someone to you that, that feels like we don't want to give up, but you're right. Boldy has already proved that he can play at a high level in the NHL, which is a young guy that we've got. So having him, I think obviously kind of changes our perspective moving forward on, on who to give up and who to, who to hold on to, right?
1: Yeah, it'd be a whole different story if like Boldy wasn't producing it. If both of them came up for two games and wasn't working out, It'd be a whole different thing, but I feel like Minnesota kind of has a different perspective since Boldy's taken off and he's right. kind of being like, "Okay, we can trust him. We he can be our guy." Hey, do we want to trade Rossi? Maybe go for Drew. I, I don't think this would be happening if Boldy didn't step up or one of them didn't. So, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. I just want the Wild to make some moves. I feel like we need to, especially with the Avalanche, and feel like we're gonna need to add pieces. There's been some. I've gotten some people's opinions like we shouldn't trade for anyone. We should keep the same team, but. I don't know. You look at all the teams that won the Stanley Cup in the last three years, they've all added pieces at the deadline yep, that really yep, bolted sure. their team to make a run. So I feel like we need to do that if we really want to go for it. I agree. I agree. Awesome. Awesome. Then another note I had, Cindy Crosby, 500 career goals. Crazy. Uh, this guy's, I had his jersey when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. I remember with the the C, the Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. It was cool. So yeah, congrats, Sid, on 500 career goals. Great to see, obviously, a future hall of famer um but yeah that guy can get you a goal and assist whatever maybe he's always stepping up so even with pittsburgh too man they might make a, a trade for flurry i don't know they're sitting in second right now in the metropolitan with 70 points so it's gonna be crazy to see i obviously saw the rumors of flurry going back there like maybe get the whole team back together malk and letang get the band and just get all the boys so yeah, it'll be cool to but see. Do you think? That do you feel up. like
0: that's something they really need to go on, or do you think they' would no. be like a tandem with Jari? I don't think I like do. Jari's been playing well, eh?
1: Yeah, Jari's the man. I don't think they need to. I think that would just be more of holy shit, we got the boys back. Here we yeah. go. Let's yeah, make a yeah. run. But yeah, with Flurry, I think he's gonna end up. Dude, I hope Edmonton gets them. I, <laughs> I, I really do. Colorado, if they get them, oh boy uh, Vegas, their GM came out and shut down the rumors saying that they were going to trade for him. No longer they are. So that's done. I thought maybe that could be a possibility, but it's going to be crazy to see where Fleury ends up.
0: Well, he's, he's legit and proved that he can already do in the playoffs. So he got, you got to think he's going to be moving here. And, uh, March 21st is the deadline we're looking at. Right. So we got, uh, we got about a month until, uh, things start really cooking up. And I, and then the other thing, the last thing on Giroux is I saw that he's coming up on his thousand. 1,000 games played, and he's played them all with the Flyers, correct? So I think um, don't expect to see him probably moved until after that 11 games. I have to imagine he wants to play those 11 games um, in his 1,000th game with them, so um, he'll probably be close to the deadline. The one last question I got, NHL, and then we'll wrap this up, is I was thinking about this as just a general in sports, right? Um, I feel like GMs careers are getting shorter and shorter, and and us talking about the trade line kind of sparked this again. But if you're a GM with your job on the line, right, and you you know you have a short, short maybe span of when the team wants you to win, within, why would you not do what the Rams do or what LeBron seems to always do, and and just trade picks to get players now? And if it doesn't work out, you don't have to deal with the consequences, anyways, right? But if you
1: win, then you're a genius you're saying like if I'm a GM right now and there's a possibility like a really high chance I might probably get fired after this season go for those players like it's one of those things it's kind of like hey picks. if you
0: don't win this year or next year like you're gone we're gonna move on from you right like yeah. I know it's such a selfish mindset and you're you could potentially screw you know an organization over but like that's what the Rams kind of did right they they went all in for this season and it paid off. And now they, you know, they look like geniuses. I think
1: that's what Billy, Billy G's kind of got that mindset too. Cause he came in, he was just like, I don't give a shit what this seems like. Greasy suit or gone. Yeah. And that's kind of what our old GM, Chuck Fletcher, I believe, was just kind of like, keep that Minnesota nice, keep the team together. Yeah. I feel like Billy G's coming in and like, no, nah, let's go, let's win this. I don't care who you are, you're in or you're out. Hopefully that's what he does, the deadline too. So,
0: no, I, and I, and I hope, I hope it's the same cause I, I would love to see. Cause I feel like rarely in Minnesota sports is that someone, that mentality that we get to make those big moves when we meet. I mean, you know, I feel like for years and years, we were always complaining about it with the, the twins, never making those, those big moves. So to no, get those, yeah. No one
1: in Minnesota ever makes a move. At right. The and so
0: I think, I think hopefully, you know, and, and you know, I said this cause I, uh, <laughs> I texted you this weekend and I thought the trade deadline was February 21st. So I was a little confused there. And so I thought the, I thought the wild skidding in those last couple of day, games, you know, they, they didn't look great in two games last week. They didn't look all that great last night, um, started out slow. But I, I thought maybe some of those moments would force Billy G's hand. And um, obviously we now I know that we have a month to play out, but I still think it'll be interesting to see how the wild look in these next couple of weeks and see how much that influences Billy G's um, decision making moving forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of going into that too. What I'm looking, I'm just looking at the current lines that we have right now. I don't think there's any guy that we could possibly trade that's in our starting lineup. So I do think it's going to be prospects and future picks. Like I'm trying to like Greenway, we just signed him to a three-year deal Fiala on I feel like Fiala was up there, but then obviously he's gotten on this tear. So I think we're going to keep with him now. Yep. Especially him playing with a month ago. I think he would have been gone a month ago. He would have been gone, but Yeah. Goldie, Zuccarello, Hartman, Capriza. We're not trying any of those guys. And then obviously if you want to get rid of maybe like a fourth liner, maybe a team would take on like that stead or a Gaudreau who's kind of been on some other teams. Maybe they would kind of take that in a package, but I don't see any of our starting guys going anywhere. No, I
0: agree. I agree. And I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to how much we, how much Billy G wants it this year. Right. And, and maybe shipping out some. Go get it, Billy G. I
1: want it. Yeah. Come on.
0: We're rooting for it. And obviously, uh, It'll be a fun fun last stretch to down the because we're playing for the deadline now we're playing for the trade deadline <laughs> it's the, the yeah. next stanley cup is right here right here march 21st see if we can win that no um but yeah that uh that about does it unless you got anything else joseph
1: no man that was it another Real, uh, uh an episode here a little on little spicy for podcast
0: for you a little a little Spice more more episode four here. yeah getting the groove of it but uh yeah, like I said, uh feel free to reach out to us, hit us with uh you you know, tell us we're idiots, stuff like that. We love it, we love the banter. So um with that being said, I think uh think that about does it for episode four. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, sir. I like all it, man. Right. Good seeing you. You look
0: tan. Yeah, thanks, man. I've been working on it. I need to shave a little bit, but that's all right. It looks good. Hey, thanks, man. You're kind of cute too. We we got uh some trivia trivia tomorrow
1: excited for that oh yeah
0: bring your bring your a-game we're gonna have to study up tonight but um uh, shout out to the boys yeah we'll uh, we'll let you know how trivia goes all right well uh adios peace